Welcome to the latest episode of Schneps Connects. Our guest today, James Matham, is the Flatiron Nomad Partnership Executive Director, which is a downtown management practitioner and leader with a proven track record in economic development, urban planning, and placemaking. The Flatiron District is a neighborhood in Manhattan known for its distinctive triangular-shaped building, the Flatiron Building, of course. It's located in the southern part of Manhattan, bounded roughly by 14 streets to the north, 23rd Street to the south, Park Avenue south to the east, and 6th Avenue. Nomad is the neighborhood north of Madison Square Park. The area is known for its vibrant energy, mix of architectural styles, and a blend of the old and new. The Flatiron Nomad Partnership is a nonprofit organization and business improvement district that serves the businesses, people, and places that help make Flatiron and Nomad two of Manhattan's most iconic and authentic destinations. Home to a range of retailers and employers, cultural and educational institutions, and a thriving residential community, the district is a center of activity and one of my favorite of the city. So, James, great to have you here. Thanks for uh, joining. Gosh, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, no, my pleasure. I'd love to hear a little update on the neighborhood. There's always stuff happening there. And, you know, obviously your your district is kind of two neighborhoods, Flatiron and Nomad. And, you know, you had an expansion, I guess, of your district not too long ago. So I'd love to hear, you know, maybe if you can give people just a lay of the land as far as, you know, the district is concerned and, you know, what characteristics make the neighborhood unique. Yeah, no, we're really fortunate here in Flatiron and Nomad where we recently expanded our our services and programs into about a year and a half ago to be blessed with some really terrific you know, assets and community amenities. And start with Madison Square Park. Smack dab in the middle of it all here, crown jewel of public spaces in New York City. And, you know, just adjacent to that, as you mentioned, we've got the historic Flatiron Building, which has, you know, been under scaffolding for a couple of years. And there's been a lot of ups and downs in terms of its future and ownership. But we're looking forward to that being unveiled again in the near future. And of course, there's no, if you're a tourist coming here, that's a photograph that you need or a postcard you need. So, and then just on top of that, look, you know, it's it's a neighborhood that's a mix of many different things. So you've got terrific hospitality, all some great restaurants, dining experiences, amazing hotels, retail. Of course, we've got Italy, first the original Italy located at that 23rd Street intersection as well. And more and more, we're seeing people and families selecting this neighborhood, Flatiron and Nomad, as a place to reside. So. You know, we've got over 30,000 residents now, new housing coming in. And as I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, there's some plans for some, hopefully some new housing in the near future, given the mayors and this administration's hope to, to, to work on that. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a terrific neighborhood. And, and Flatiron, I'll just say, like Flatiron, people know of it because of the building, you know, the cast iron, Ladies Mile Historic District. And so we've been working in this neighborhood for quite some time, 16 years, 16 plus years to be precise. But Nomad has really evolved as this terrific place to, to live, work in, and, ha- and visit over the past 10 years. And we're really thrilled with some of the work that we're doing in the public spaces, as well as what's going on behind the scenes in some really terrific and exciting uh, private spaces as well. And I guess you can't forget, too, you guys have great access to transportation. It's critical. I mean, we've had to reevaluate how we move about the, the city from uh, or, you know, from all points of the city. And we're nicely located, right? We're not perhaps 
smack dab in Midtown. We're not not downtown, and as we like to say, we're kind of like where New York meets New York. It's a, kind of a great mix of things. But right, Penn Station is just north of us. We've got the subway line, plenty of city bike access and bike lanes as well for those that use that mode of transportation. And it remains, Josh, and I didn't mention this, you know, this is a place, the original Silicon Alley, right? Mm-hmm. Plenty of tech and creative and design-oriented businesses that have put their, their flags in this neighborhood over the course of the past 20 years. And we're still seeing that today in some of the really important buildings that are in place or being developed here in the neighborhood. Let's talk a little bit about the city's Broadway vision, you know, streetscape treatments that are looking to the connection of Union Square to Flatiron. Can you share a little bit about that and, you know, what work is potentially being planned there? Yeah, this has been a project that has its roots, you know, nearly a decade back. I mean, it comes out of the Bloomberg administration initially in terms of revisioning some of our street bed and plazas. And we've been a, you know, a first mover on that, uh, particularly with our the work we've been doing, curating, managing and activating the Flatiron plazas next to the Flatiron building in Madison Square Park. And so the Broadway vision streetscape work is really about thinking about Broadway, which is this really unique slice across the grid, right? You know, it, it's, 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 it, we like to refer to it as kind of like very sticky. People are kind of like brought to it just to kind of escape the monotony of the grid, right? A perpendicular street. So Broadway presents this unique opportunity to slice right through our entire district from 32nd Street all the way down to Union Square, 17th Street. And this administration has really pushed forward on making that street just better for people and in turn, better for business, right? So we've got new plazas that have been installed from 25th Street up to 27th Street that have become an outdoor dining oasis. It's, it's like nothing else you'll see out there in New York City. We've got dining basically all hours of the day along with a bike lane, and it connects our existing plazas to the rest of the Broadway corridor. And so the city invested in reconfiguring, reshaping, and in turn, we put additional amenities with our private partners, these restaurants, to make this feel like a unique space, unlike any other New York City. And then in turn, we're working with our friends at the Union Square Partnership in the city to do further this same type of Broadway vision configuration from 17th Street up to 21st Street, which will really connect Union Square to Greeley Square as this really iconic set of a set of blocks that, you know, don't, you know, you don't, you don't experience everywhere else in the city. And it still provides access to cars. It provides access to bikes. But first and foremost, it's just a great experience if you're looking to shop or dine or if you live in the neighborhood to stroll up in downtown. Yeah, I mean, listen, no question that these pedestrian plazas are great for people walking the city. You know, there's always the argument being made about whether or not it's an issue for people that drive or deliveries of that nature. But give me an idea of what businesses are saying, because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, a big part of your role, I'm sure, is is making sure that businesses in the community are thriving and, and flourishing. So what are they saying in terms of the work that's being done along Broadway and, and throughout the district? It's always a balancing act. I think all of us in this kind of like downtown manager practitioner world, which business improvement district bids are very much on the front lines of here in New York City. 
you know, you're always trying to balance the challenges and opportunities that come about from residents, from businesses, from government, from institutions and so on. In terms of Broadway vision, the the benefits of enlivening and activating and animating positively the street for dining, first and foremost, which has obviously been a lifeline in terms of outdoor use of our spaces since the pandemic, it's been a boon, right? It's been terrific for the ground floor environment, which, you know, we're still in this incremental increase in the number of office workers that are back in the neighborhood on a nine to five basis during the weekdays. We're seeing, we've seen an uptick yet again. I think we all have our kind of our regular clock set for post Labor Day each year to see how things are looking when it comes to that. But when, yeah. it, when it comes to visitors, residents, and workers coming to an area to spend their money and have a good time in, the Broadway Vision has been a success. There are challenges here and there with loading, access, and we work those out on a block-by-block basis with the particular buildings and stakeholders there. But by all means, it's been successful there. We've seen more people shopping and the businesses that report the share some of their information and revenue with us with regard to their sales have been positive since the Broadway vision has been implemented on those blocks I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I mean, I think since we last spoke, you know, obviously we got through the pandemic and things have been getting better. And, you know, just just today I was on the subway and it was, you know, so much busier than typically is particularly, I feel like, Tuesday through Thursday in the city. But what are you finding or hearing from, you know, commercial tenants? I mean, are are they coming back? I mean, obviously, you know, the community benefited a lot from the, from the technology companies. What are you finding with them? Are they coming back or is it a mixed bag? It's still mixed. I mean, I'm happy to report this is live breaking news with you, Josh, podcast, <laughs> which I don't know if you can actually... Oh live breaking news on podcast but you know we're seeing as of this past week we've seen the most visitors and workers combined back into our neighborhood since the pandemic started like since september you know pre-pandemic which is great in terms of the weekday traffic it's also at a high as well but right monday through friday now the ebbs and flows of that right are entirely different <laughs> you know mondays and fridays are different our weekend traffic is remarkable in terms of office workers and what our commercial property owners and landlords are seeing. It's mixed. It's still mixed. There's still plenty of availability in some of our spaces. And that's not just the, you know, as you've seen the narrative of in the press, like everyone's the flight to quality space, right? That, you know, people are looking to be in class A high end trophy buildings. We see some of that and we have some of that here. But we have a lot of Class B and some Class D building space as well. And the availability rates there are similar to Class A. So, I mean, we see this as, yeah, we're not at 100%. I don't think anyone's expecting to that. There is some, you know, fear about what the next few years are going to look like as people make decisions and loans come due. But all things considered, I think the opportunity to put for offices, for employers to make a decision when they select where they want their workforce to be. I think we still feel pretty bullish about Flatiron and Nomad as being a place that is going to present opportunities to them. And it will feel like a, a, a neighborhood that has like-minded businesses. And that's like kind of that Silicon Alley approach that's worked mm-hmm. over the past 20 years. You've got this concentration and volume of entrepreneurs in tech and creative and 
because of the amenities we have, the transportation access and the location, we still think they're on an upward trajectory. And it was great that Mayor Adams came to your district, came to Nomad to announce two upcoming plans, the City of Yes for Housing Opportunity and Midtown South Mixed Use Plan, which I guess both of those plans, if I have it correct, are, are potentially converting vacant commercial offices into housing. So I'd love to hear, you know, what those plans are from your understanding and, and any impact that you think that they that potentially could have. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting, I mean, this uh, first and foremost, you know, the, the business district persona of, you know, Flatiron and Nomad to a degree is still, you know, critical, right? As we were just talking about, this is a place where people can do business, both on a retail or commercial office, as a retail hub and a commercial office hub. With that said, right, we, the 36 plus million square feet of commercial space, I think like everywhere, we don't anticipate all of that being filled to the brim with office workers as we had five, you know, four or five years ago. So the policies and plans that the mayor and his administration, with the help of you know local partners like ourselves and local stakeholders and property owners, as well as you know the state, we need the state here as well, are welcome. They are certainly welcome. And so as you hit on, there's a couple components. There's you know, incentivizing, finding incentives to allow certain buildings that are not going to return to full commercial and manufacturing use to convert at an easier rate to residential. We support that where it stands. We have a couple of examples of some really terrific buildings that were able to do that pre-pandemic. And now are really terrific residential spaces that would have otherwise you know, not been as active. The big item that we're very interested in and supportive in terms of updating what is somewhat antiquated zoning for Flatiron and Nomad in particular is the Midtown South Mixed Youth Plan and study to inform rezoning to some shape or form the existing manufacturing spaces that still exist here into something that permits other types of uses. And so we don't know exactly what the city is recommending yet. We're a part of that public process that the mayor just kicked off that will be informing over the next year. But we do feel like, yes, there's opportunity and a need for a wider set of tools and land uses in, in this neighborhood because there's certainly demand and that demand is certainly on the housing front. And in order for this neighborhood to continue to be exciting, vibrant, and in times eclectic neighborhood of uses and experiences, we think that the opportunity for more housing is welcome. Yeah. So manufacturing, tell me, like, what kind of manufacturing is in the district now? I wouldn't have th thought of that. Not much is left, Josh. The study includes about four manufacturing zones between 23rd Street and uh, the upper 40s. That includes the garment district as well, which okay. our business improvement district doesn't work on, doesn't work in. But the nomad section from 23rd Street up to about 34th Street along the six, just east and west of the 6th Avenue corridor, that is zone manufacturing. And so, you know, while there isn't much, you know, you're not talking about hardcore manufacturing yeah. or anything like that case, it's mainly used for offices now, as well as what you've seen has been a, a real proliferation of hotel development over recent years. And so, you know, we've welcomed the hotels to the neighborhood. We think particularly some of them really add to the to the appeal of Nomad as a destination, that's great. 
but at the same time, you know, just like everywhere else, there are you can't build residential in these neighborhoods. You can't convert to residential. So we think that expanding the tool belt, the tool sets in this in these particular quadrants of this study would be good for for the city, and we support our local electeds thus far as we you know really move forward on studying the area, coming up with a a more a greater variety of zoning options. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's just it's just kicking off. Josh. So the part of city planning and the mayor will be doing a lot of public outreach and public fact finding over the coming months. And I think the hope is that they'll come to come some consensus on what is the appropriate zoning designation should be by the end of next year. Terrific. Talk to me about the number of grants that you got for commercial district lighting. Yeah, this is this is some really good news that we're excited about. The city's uh, Department of Small Business Services put out a grant opportunity earlier this year about finding new and creative ways of lighting our commercial corridors that are not just relying entirely on right the Department of Transportation's light poles and and so they asked for you know, local organizations like ourselves to get creative and think through areas of their neighborhoods that, you know, could use, you know, a little bit of illuminating. And so as we were talking about Broadway and all the work that's been happening there, we put forth a proposal to to provide some, I think they're calling festoon lights, or I like to call them Tivoli lighting, which is kind of canopy lighting over the street bed. Further, you know, add atmosphere for some of our terrific public spaces that are being utilized, not just during daylight hours, but, you know, for people having a meal in the evening and so on. So we were really, really thrilled to learn. And it was just announced last week that we'd receive a grant to do that work. And that's, you know, we see it as both an opportunity for us to do this, but also provide a model for replication of that type of work to other neighborhoods across the city that are you know, really into making their public spaces as a, you know, as appealing and welcoming as possible for, you know, just regular social life, but also for business as well. Yeah, listen, quality of life is like a basic. And sometimes just having streets lit up at night is, is a basic part of that. It certainly is. I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a business piece of this, there's social, and there's a, there's a public safety element lens here as well. And, and as, as you know, and I'm sure your listeners know, you know, business improvement districts. We're here day in, day out, thinking about, you know, every little issue that occurs on one corner to the next. And that doesn't preclude, you know, how a corner is, you know, lit and how it's felt by a shopper, a resident, or, you know, a visitor from from, from overseas. I know there's also a couple of announcements of some, you know, firms moving more employees into the area, the financial tech firm Ramp and UBS moving more employees into the former Credit Suisse offices. Do you guys track those kind of things? And, and, and what are you tracking when you're taking a look at that? Or what are the stats telling you? Yeah, we, we try to be a clearinghouse of information when it comes to the kind of underlining and underpinning of the economic vibrancy of the neighborhood. So yeah, the tenants that are choosing to locate here and bring their workforces here is you know so critical for that because of you know just the relationship that those that work those respective workforces bring to the rest of the neighborhood. They're going to shop and dine locally. They're going to think about bringing their families here for experiences in the park or at the Museum of Mathematics or at Harry Potter shop there, or Lego. My son loves the Harry Potter store. 
the Harry Potter store. I'm glad to hear it. I don't remember when we we met a couple of years back, Josh, if that was just opening or if it was just on the horizon. But I tell everyone that it would it the moment that Harry Potter opened up in 2020 or 2021, and there were lines out the door and around the corner, it was like that awakening moment that you know things are going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be fine. People still want to buy their wands. And hug right, they're waving wands all over the place. You know, everything's okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We we can find we can find joy in some Harry Potter swag. But yeah, we track all of this. We track availability of vacant spaces, whether it's offices or retail on the ground floor. We're looking at who's coming in and renting these spaces. And then in turn, we try to build a relationship with those tenants that come in and bring their workforces here too, so that it's not just, you know, a metric, right? That we can say so-and-so leased this amount of space in the neighborhood. And, but we're also ultimately trying to find out what those businesses are facing and what their workforce, what they're feeling when they're moving about our district, coming to our district, taking those modes of transportation and then like where they're shopping, where they're dining. I'm so fortunate. Sure that's great data for people that want to do or are thinking about coming to your district to be able to have that kind of information. Yeah, it's an important thing, and we can play that role because you know our jobs are really so hyper focused on these sets of blocks right here in Midtown South, Flatiron, Nomad, and just as you mentioned, like we've got between Ramp coming to 23rd Street, the more UBS workers at 11 Madison. We've also got one Madison Park, which is a whole new uh, Madison Avenue, which is an entirely new building that is going up right now and will be welcoming the likes of IBM employees, Franklin Templeton, as well as some really terrific retail and dining opportunities on the base. And that's going to be coming in 2024. So we like to think and like to see in the numbers, like people still very much see Flatiron and Nomad as a place to do business and, and spend their time leisure. Any other big like projects or programs you guys have planned for the future, whether it's near term or longer term? Yeah, I mean, in the near term, as we enter the fall and the winter, we, we, we do a number of programs in our public spaces to kind of showcase the neighborhood and the businesses that are here. So we, we have a really, really terrific Dia de Mortos, Day of the Dead event coming up in our public spaces that and invite anyone in the city to come visit. We'll be sharing some details on that soon. We'll, we look to activate our spaces through public art as well. And we'll be seeing some of that over the winter and I, some really, really creative things next spring and, and summer. So yeah, keep an eye out for what's happening, not only in all the terrific businesses and dining establishments and experiential retail here, but also what's happening out in our streets and sidewalks. We're excited about that. And then, of course, it's just always keeping our uh, eye on the ball when it comes to quality of life issues and making sure our streets are as clean and safe as possible. And we do some of that ourselves, and then it's holding the city accountable on the things that we need them to move on. Yeah. Well, James, before I let you go, I got to put you on the spot. I'm sorry to do it, but I think people do want to know. Sure. What is at least one of your favorite restaurants and or destinations in the district? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know you love them all. But I do love them. Like, like, give us one or two that people might want to experience if they're going to be in the neighborhood. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, again, with the caveat that they're all, they're all my favorites, but you're putting me on the spot. 
and I won't answer like Fret or you know one of those places that unfortunately sometimes I spend too much of my time getting quick lunches at. So you didn't hear me say that. Mm-hmm. No, this is important in New York City. Yeah, they're good for my uh, chicken and avocado wrap on the fly. But I'll say this: my recently opened about a year ago. It's actually gotten some decent acclaim, a lot of acclaim actually. But it's a diner called S and P, which is the former Eisenberg spot, which is across the street from the Flatiron Building on on between 22nd Street and 23rd Street on Fifth Avenue. It feels like you're walking back in time, but it's run by the guys who run Court Street Grocers, which has a number of locations. And they basically kept the space as is, but brought their you know real expertise on terrific tasting sandwiches and food. And so if you want a great Reuben, if you want a great with an egg cream, you know, for breakfast, lunch, it's it's terrific. And it's like an old school diner, which unfortunately, right, we're seeing fewer and fewer of. It's a you know, greasy spoon spot. I recommend it to everyone. Well, I'm glad you told me. See, I learned something new because I'm a big fan of Court Square. They're, they're sandwich shop because they have one in Williamsburg, Carroll Gardens, and they're amazing. Yep. And I didn't even know that they had another restaurant. So see that? S&P. Stop by when you're in the neighborhood. You let me know, Joshua, right? I, I will, James. Well, thank you so much for being with me and, and for sharing a little bit about the neighborhood. My pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for tuning into the Schneps Connects podcast. Make sure to listen to us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com or stream us on your favorite podcast network.